thanks for hanging out with us today on the Better Together podcast. I'm Tony, And I'm Anne. And we're excited about today's guest. We love her. We know you're going to love her too. Her name is Pastor Kathy, or as I like to call her, Mom. She's my spiritual mom. Pastor Kathy, we are so excited that you're here. And just to share a little bit about you with our audience, um, Pastor Kathy is such a wonderful, powerful woman of God. She has been in ministry alongside her husband, Bishop David Thomas, for over four decades, watching VCC grow into a multi-site megachurch with over 5,000 members. Pastor Kathy is the author of The Esther Experience, which is a prophetic walk through the book of Esther, empowering women to become all God has called them to be. She oversees our First Friday River services, and she travels and ministers among the eight VCC campuses and beyond bringing the people she ministers to into a fresh encounter with God. We're so glad you're here. Yay! It's such a delight to be with you today. How's it going today? You having a good day? I'm having a wonderful day. Yay! Every day is a wonderful day in God. It sure is. So we start every uh, podcast with three questions so our friends can just get to know you a little bit on a personal level. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. So the first question is, what are you reading right now? Well, through the years, there's been major books that have impacted my life. But the one I'm reading right now is called Your Prophetic Life Map. It's a book by Steve Witt, who is actually a dear friend of ours from Cleveland Bethel. And he actually came down to victory over a period of time and taught our people how to move in the prophetic. Steve is really prophetic, and he taught us how to make the prophetic natural. And his book is just, uh, it's just one of those books that you can't get enough of. And it teaches you how to purposely walk in your prophetic destiny. Oh, that sounds really, really good. That's awesome. Is this the first time you've gone through this book or have you read it? Uh, this is the first time I've gone through it. Okay. Yeah, it just came out recently, oh, okay. not that long ago. But you can get it on Steve Witt's um, line and... Um, Probably Bethel's site and... Yes, so forth. Bethel That's Cleveland, awesome. you can get it on there. Wonderful. So what is your go-to comfort food? My go food comfort would be, it would be overall chocolate, but if you say <laughs> what kind of chocolate, probably handles, butter, or chocolate pecan. I Ooh. love that. The other day oh, I was a little bit down. I said, honey, can we go get some handles? <laughs> oh my goodness. Ice cream always makes you feel good. Ice cream yeah. always makes you feel better. And I think as people in Northeast Ohio... We are crazy enough to go get ice cream in the middle of winter. We are. Right? There are lines out there. When it's freezing cold, they'll still, we laugh, there'll still be a line at handles. Right. <laughs> so true. Okay, our last question is, what is something you can't live without? It has to be something natural, not Jesus. Well, in that case, it would be my family, like <laughs> my kids and my grandkids. There's, there's nothing like them on the planet. Oh, wonderful. Aww. Wonderful. So we would just want to thank you for taking time to hang out with us today. So we're going to jump into the good stuff. Okay, okay. are you ready? I'm ready. So we want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been married? How many children do you have? Do you have any grandchildren? Oh, Wonderful. I get to talk about my grandkids. Yeah. I love well, that. Well, start with how long you've been married. Okay, we've been married 48 years. I know it's hard to believe, 48 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, the, the house that we first bought when we were married, it's about a half a mile from here. It's a little Cape Cod house, and um, 
it was just such a great memory for us. But we've been married 48 years. I'm married to the most amazing man on the planet. Our, my favorite part of your story is that you've been married that long and you're still healthy in love and best friends. Absolutely. I He's think that's my just best beautiful. friend. He's my biggest fan and I'm his. And, Aww. Um, we just seem like every year it gets more and more in love. Aww. Oh, goodness. I love that. All the feels. All the feels. Yeah. yeah. And then how many children do you have? We have two children. We had a girl and a boy. I wanted to have more, but my husband said that's all they come in, a boy and a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and um, How very practical of him. Yes. And uh, they are married to wonderful people. And we have three incredible grandkids. The oldest is a is a boy, a grandson, Ethan, and he just started college at Baylor. He's a four point. He's just, and they're all three. Just of course, every grandma thinks this, but they're the they're the best. And <laughs> that's amazing. So a grandson at Baylor that means you have to have had to visit Magnolia Farms. Have Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's right around the corner. It's that's right cool. across the street. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful. Okay, so the next question is, anyone who knows you knows that you're all about encounter with God. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your journey to encounter. Was there a catalyst that led to to you being all about encounter? Has this been your journey all through all 40 years of your marriage? Was there something that drove you to to seek encounter with God and to desire an encounter with God? Like, what does that look like? Well, I got saved in the Jesus People Movement. It was a revival that swept across this nation and touched mainly young people. It was just a whole generation that came to know God. They were searching for something. And they had in God sent a revival. He opened the heavens and came down. And I was saved in an old beat-up barn not far from here. And... Um, it changed my life. Of course, I accepted Christ as my Savior at that time. Now, how old were you? I was 21. Okay. And uh, through the years, God has done that. He has brought moves of God that um, it's just a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the years, they've come and they've gone, and we've seen different... Uh, he's moved on the Catholics at one time, and he... he um, he moved um, just throughout history. He has moved. There's been the Catherine Coleman's, and mm-hmm. God moved in the miraculous. And there's been um, the Mariah Woodworth Edders. And, and again, it's just throughout history you read about the moves of God, and they're, they're for real. And so once you've been saved in that move of God, there's just a hunger for it. You don't want religion as usual. You don't want church as usual. You want to have an encounter with God. And so throughout our ministry, throughout God would come and we'd sense presence of God, but you always hungered for that fresh outpouring. And back in 1976, um, my Daughter was leaving home. She was getting married and moving to California. You said 1976. Oh, I'm sorry, 1996. 96. 1996, thank you. Um, and my son was at the age where he would be leaving soon, and I just went through a very depressing, discouraging time. There was that uh, emptiness syndrome is very real, and 
I got desperate. I was at the church, and at one time I was really, a pastor's wife comes in, and she just goes from place to place wherever she's needed, and I did the children's ministry, and I did the the youth ministry, and I, I went from one to another, uh, but at this point we brought in our woman's pastor, and I just felt like I wasn't needed and my mother had just passed away. Mm. Uh, she passed away from cancer, and it was Mother's Day. And I remember looking out and thinking, I'm not, I don't have a mom. I'm not needed as a mom like I used to be. And here at the church, I'm really not needed like I used to be. So I felt like there was a, a lack of purpose in my life and vision and dream and um I was just really depressed, and I knew I needed a fresh encounter with God. One encounter with God changes everything. Yes, just changes everything. There's that song when, when he walks into the room, everything changes. And I knew I needed that encounter, so I went on a search. I was desperate, you know. When you're desperate, it gets God's attention, mm-hmm. and. Um, the Holy Spirit responds to desperation, and we we went to a meeting in Cincinnati. It was uh, a meeting for the Assemblies of God, but we had heard that that nearby in Florence, Kentucky, there was a revival going on, and so we made our way down there. We went into this church, and the Spirit of God just came came down. And uh, we went up for prayer. The the pastor, Cletty Keith, who has become a spiritual dad in my life, uh, we had never met him at this point. And he said, anybody just need a fresh touch from God? God's here. And we, my husband and I, went up, and the Spirit of God came upon us. And all I remember were the words passion, passion, passion. And I had lost my passion for God. But at that moment, in a moment's time, God restored that passion. Uh, Not only did he restore it, but I like to say that when, when desperation will lead to impartation, when you get desperate enough for God and you have that encounter, he imparts something upon you. You remember Moses when he was with God up on the mountain and God was so much upon him that he had to wear a bag over his head. Uh, so, so there was an impartation. And when there's an impartation, some of God gets on you. And when there's that impartation, there's a new revelation that comes with that. Yes. There was a revelation of not only how incredibly amazing, loving, caring God we serve, but there was also a sense that God wants to use me, just an ordinary, everyday woman. If you're listening to this, and God wants to use an everyday, ordinary people. That's what he's looking for, those who he can make his heart known to, and those who he'll spend time with. But revelation will lead to impartation, then impartation will lead to your destination. All of a sudden, I had a a sense that there's purpose in my life again. There's God wants to use my life no matter how insignificant I am. Now, how old were you at that time? Boy, I was, excuse me, I was... Oh, let's see. I was probably 40-some. And had you ever ministered 
from a pulpit before that time or in like a, a ministry position capacity? Or was it always behind the scenes mostly? It was mostly behind the scenes. There would be time when my husband would twist my arm and make me. <laughs> um, but mostly or, that wasn't your desire. But no, I, in the natural, I was a very quiet, very reserved person. I, was, I, I actually pride myself on that I'm very reserved, and I, I cared too much probably what people think, and so... Um, but when we came back from that encounter with God, the Spirit of God came back with us in a brand new way. It's The anointing means to smear. And some of what was there in Florence, Kentucky, smeared upon us. And we came back. And all of a sudden, we just felt a new sense of who he was. And we began to pray for people. And God began to move in a new way. And um, that Wednesday night, when we came back, all of a sudden, I was standing by the altar. We were seeking God. We were praying for a fresh move of God. And as I was standing there, the Spirit of God came on me. And I heard him say, Catherine, get ready, because the river's coming. And I began to laugh, and I began to cry. And I, and I thought, I don't really even know what that means. But I do know that there's a move of God that's about to come to this church. Wow. And we as a church need to get ready. And um, I actually, I told my husband, he was giving testimonies. I told the people, get ready, because the river of God is coming. And someone came up to me later and said, you've got to read Ezekiel 47 about the river of God. And everything the river changes comes to life. That's what had happened to me. I had come to life again. I had restored passion. I had vision. I had joy again. I had hope again. I had a sense of, of knowing there was something that God has in store for me and for this church. And we continued to press in with God. And that next January... The Spirit of God came down. We were in a time of fasting and prayer. <clears throat> and the Spirit of God, the heavens opened up, and God came down. And uh, when that happened, God, God spoke to me. He said, I want you to watch. He said, even as a mom stands in awe of her newborn child, that river of God, that that." Seed of revival that I placed within you is about to birth. And that night, it birthed. My husband had already confessed to God, I know nothing about revival. Even though we had lived through revivals, um, God had spoke to him, you know nothing. And, and he said, God, I know nothing. And, and from then on, the heavens opened. And we began Friday night meetings where... God would just come into the room. We would pray for people. We would seek the heart of God. But it was just so thick and tangible in the room. And uh, throughout the years, our Friday nights <clears throat> would um, take different flavors, so to speak. It would take different um, seasons. And uh, we would have, when it first happened, there was a season of releasing the intercession back into the church in a great way. Just a call to pray and to cry out to God and repent to God. And, and I remember 
we began to watch every word that came from our mouth. Uh, before we were good Christian people, <clears throat> we we would we wouldn't do anything. Anybody would really say, "Well, that was rude" or "That was mean," but but we began to be so sensitive because the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's like a dove, and it'll fly away, and we didn't want him to fly away. And I remember just saying something, flipping, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. And God said, you shouldn't have said that. And I went back to that person. I said, I should never have said that. Forgive me. And she says, oh, that was not. I said, no, I, I, I need to repent of this. And we began to watch every word, and the intercessors began to do warfare. And then we would have a season of, a, of the prophetic where it just seemed like what speaker. We had speakers from all over the world coming in, and, and um, they would share. And it just seemed like everyone was prophetic. And so we began to train our people on how to move in the prophetic and, and how, to, how to listen to God's voice and to speak God's voice. Because the Word of God said in the last days, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. You're going you're to move with me. You're going to be able to hear me. You're going to be able to see what I'm doing in the spirit realm. And so there were those who would teach on the prophetic. And then we had those who uh, would be on deliverance. And God began to bring his people. He was wanting to come back for a bride, the Bible says, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And yeah. um, his, unfortunately, much of the kingdom of God and his kids are, are uh, they're not that bride that he's looking for. They're discouraged, and they're broken, and they're uh, hurting, and they're uh, lukewarm. And God said, I want a bride that's passionate for me. And so this move, that move of God, I, I really feel God has different um, reasons for moves of God. And this move of God that we experienced with the river was about God getting his church ready for a move of God that's coming and is coming soon. Yeah. That's going to go across the nation to the lost. And it's going to be taking it from out of the church into the workplace. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, um, he said, there's going to be, tell them that there's going to be um, a, a, a war, uh, I'm sorry. He said, get ready. He said, I'm about to move in three distinct ways. He said, the first way, he said, um, there's going to be a move of God that's going to come into the church. And that move of God is going to be filled with the glory of God. And when the glory of God comes, invasion was the word he gave yes. me, three invasions. And this invasion will be the coming of the Holy Spirit in a way that the world has not experienced. He said, and all that I am will be there. He said, I am the healer, so healing, divine healing. People will walk through the doors and be healed and won't have to have prayer or someone lay hands on, although that's great and good. But he said, there will be that divine healing. There will be deliverance. There will be salvation. There will be all that is needed will be in that house. Wow. And then he said the second invasion 
will be an invasion of people, and they will begin to come, and they will hear of the move of God, and they will hear of the glory of God invading a house, and they will come, and they will come from all over. They will come from the north and the south and the east and the west, and they will come hungry. Some will come hungry for deliverance. They will say, I heard. They'll be out on the street corner, and they'll say, I heard about this place. And there will be those who need healing, those who just need encouraged, those who just need to know God. They will come. He said, but the last move of God, this last invasion, he said, I need your help with this. And I, I, I had to think, yeah, right, God, you need my help, you know. <laughs> right. But, but we know that without God, we cannot. That's a given. That's no question. But without us, God will not. God has chosen to use men and women, yes. ordinary men and women, Davids and uh, Marys and Josephs, ordinary men and women who make mistakes. But he he's just looking for someone who's available. Yes, and I think it's I think it's um, interesting. I I just sense the word humility. That when God dropped this on you, he said, and he told Bishop, you don't know about revival. You were in a place of humility to say, then God, we want to learn. And I think we find that through many of the revivals, that that's the same heart. So what would you say for, you know, sometimes we're in a a high-speed generation of, we know what to do, we know what to do, we know, how do you slow down and just say, just wait for God to instruct you and teach you. You know, I think that's an important, very important key. God, God is requiring of us time. And God is requiring us to get into that secret place. It's in the secret place. It's where, where God implants a destiny within people. And it's in the secret place that he reveals the secrets of the kingdom. And he's looking for those who he can trust that will come to him, that will spend time with him, that will uh, be willing to sacrifice things that you want to do in life. It does take those, those kind of people that God's looking for. But what he said with the invasion, he said, but this invasion is going out. He said, it's going from the church, and I love what this church, this campus has. You are, the church has left the building. That's yeah. what's going to happen, only with the mindset of, I know what God is saying. And be that prophetic people, men and women, sons and daughters, who can go into the workplace, who can go into the schools, go into the colleges, go into the Walmarts and the Kmarts and the the different grocery stores and and just be able to hear God say, you know, you need to share me with someone. You need to share. That person needs encouragement. That person needs to hear that I'm on their side today. And when we get to that place as people of ordinary people of God, that we're willing to say, God, whatever you require of me, Whatever you want, God, I'll give you my yes. Yeah. And um, it's an exciting time we're living. And we're at the place where it's the preparation time. You know, we talk about Esther. And 
you know, she grew up probably a pretty broken young lady. She was an orphan. Her parents were probably murdered in the war. And she comes into this palace with the king. But she didn't go directly to her destiny. We know destiny was waiting for her. But she didn't go directly there. She spent a whole year just soaking in anointing oil. Yeah. And she spent, well, she spent six months there and six months with precious perfume. God was preparing her. And I believe that God is preparing the church right now. The whosoever wills, those that are hungry, but not just hungry, but desperate, that are just saying, God, there's got to be more. And I know that he, he will respond to us when we respond to him. Yeah. So you had that encounter in your 40-ish years. And um, did your life after encounter look anything like your life before encounter? Everything changed. Everything changed. Now, the day before your encounter, could you have imagined your life now? No. <laughs> So what would you say to that woman who's out there in that transition time, changing seasons, and can't even imagine how something else could be as good as what they came out of? How would you encourage them to press through that time of discouragement and depression? How would you encourage them today? I would say get desperate for God. Because he's got a, he knows the plans he has for you. And he's think one of the translations said, he's thinking about you today. And he knows what your tomorrow has. And he knows what the next day has. And he wants to use your life. For you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. You are living in a time where a move of God is about to happen. And when that move of God comes... It's going to situate you. When I had that encounter, all of a sudden, uh, worship changed in my my heart. Just changed. Uh, my passion changed. My sense of purpose changed. Uh, I began to worship like I never worshipped it. I began to hear God's voice like I had never heard His voice before. So I would encourage you press in with God. Find a place in your home. I have a, I have a real closet that's my prayer closet where I'll, I'll just put on worship music and just lay down on my face and ask God to speak to me. You know, sometimes we go to prayer and we give them our to-do list. Okay, God, so-and-so needs healed. This needs to happen. They need a touch from you. And this, uh, we need finances. And on and on and on. We give them the to-do list. And then we leave and God's saying, yeah, but I wanted to say something. We don't spend time just listening and, and hearing his voice. The prophetic, which he is raising up, your sons and daughters, is here just very simply hearing the voice of God. God's speaking. He's a speaking God. Now more than ever, there are times when his voice is silent, but now is the time where he's speaking. Yes. And if you get to the place where you can hear him, just where you and him are together, Begin to, it's all about, has always been about for God, relationship. 
And he's looking for those he can have that relationship with, that he can trust, yeah. that he can know that he can have them um, represent him in different things. And But it takes that time of loving on him, letting him love on you, and building that relationship. Yeah. Now, you talked before about watching your words in that, that fresh season of outpouring about guarding the anointing. Yes. What else did that look like? What else had to change? What else had to go? What else did you have to add to guard your place in that, um, that move of God and in that anointing? I think one thing would be just being sensitive to him. And again, sometimes that means sacrifice when when you hear him, you may have your plans for the day, and you hear him saying, hey. I remember one time I was, I was mentioning, I was, I was kind of proud of myself, and I was saying, yeah, I've got, I'm thinking, i got my life pretty well set. On this day, I do counseling, and on this day, I have staff, and on this day, I do this, and my week is pretty good. And I remember the Spirit of God immediately say, but what day is my day? Mm. It was like a, a, a knife went through me. And I said, oh. He said, what day is my day? And, of course, I, like good Christians do, we spend, you know, time in scriptures and prayer and do the, you know, so-and-so needs a touch. But he says, no, I, I want you and I, just you and I, to spend time together. Because there are things I want to tell you. There are things I want to show you, the things I want to prepare you for. And um, so I started setting Fridays aside, and except for emergency, I would, I would just spend Saturday, Friday morning in the, on my face with God. And I would not change it for the world. It's so important. We just had that conversation not too long ago where I said that's those are the moments you hear the most from God is yes. when you just sit in his presence and just hang out. Absolutely. And let him speak to you. That's so important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So sure. you had those Friday night services. You've had them since 1997. Yes. And we came in on the scene in 2010 and have reaped the benefit of them. And they've morphed and they've changed a little in this season. And now instead of every week, they're the first Friday of every month. And right now they're being held at our Boardman campus, which you can find the address online at vccconechurch.com. But talk to us about your heart for... Uh, First Friday Rivers right now, your heart for revival. Are we, I know Anne and I have been talking a lot. We pray for revival here several times a week. And uh, are we seeing signs of it? Are you, are we entering into it? What are you seeing? And uh, you were asking it in a specific way. So why don't you go ahead and ask? Yeah, I think as I was thinking about these questions this morning, um, you know, what, what are we seeing when it comes to revival? Because when we read about past revivals, you know, you see that they prayed and they prayed and they poured their life into it, and then revival came. And we feel like we're praying. So are we seeing little drips of it, or will we see like a big crashing wave? Or what, is that, what does that look like for now? We are seeing some of it. And I think one of the reasons we've kept... Friday night, first Fridays now, for all these years, is I felt like the Lord said to keep 
the heavens open. Mm. That when he opened the heavens, um, it's every week and or every month now, but people from all over come. We have dozens of churches represented. This is not about Victory Christian Center, never has been, never right. will be. It's about people who are hungry for a move of God. And um, when, when revival came the first time, it was like in waves. It was, we would pray at the altar and God would show up. And people would come up and they'd say, Kath, is that, is that revival? Did, was that it tonight? And I said, that was awesome, but that wasn't the open heaven yet. Keep pursuing. And, and God gives you those waves, those tastes of revival. So it makes you hunger all the more. You know, we're talking about Handel's ice cream. You, you get one spoonful. Boy, you're hungry oh, yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, God gives us those little tastes of revival. Once you have that, you say, God, we've got to keep going because we know there's more. When we become so desperate for the more, that's when the heavens are going to open. And, and um, I do believe that this is a precursor to the great move of God because without this, I remember, I remember saying to God, God, um, if you don't come, I said, I'm going if you don't come tonight, I'm just going to, if you, if you aren't there, I'm just going to quit coming. I'm going to quit saying it because I've said it. I keep saying, revive. I've been saying for how many years, years and years, there's a move of God coming. Get ready, get ready. And finally I said, God, they're getting tired of hearing me say this. So I'm just going to quit saying it when it comes. I know it's coming, but when it comes, it comes. And God said, he said, if you quit saying it, it'll never come. Come on. Because that is going to be the leading way, that prophetic edge of prophesying that it's coming. We're declaring it. And God responds to that because he puts it within us. And we just bring it forth and speak life to it. And uh, yes, we can't, it won't come if we don't keep this pursuit. He's looking for those who pursue, that are hungry, that Expectant. are passionate, that are visionary, that, yeah, expecting it to come. That's what faith is all about. I love that. It reminds me of, you know, the story of the prodigal son and how the father never stopped looking and yeah. waiting and going to down the road yeah. to see his son come back. He never gave up. And I love what you said, hungry for the more. Yeah. We can't be satisfied, can we? No, we can't. Yeah. You know, that's one thing about God. The more you get, the more you want. Yes. The more you encounter. the God's not in one encounter God. He's all about encountering with him. He's all about uh, experiencing who he is. That's why we call it the Esther experience that we do the five. Well, we used to, we do a prophetic walk through the book of Esther. I, I feel like there were five rooms that took her to her destiny. And um, we have to go in. We have to keep that pursuit. We have to keep pressing in with God because it's those encounters that will take us to the next encounters. It will lead us to that place of um, the, for such a time as this, that he has set up your whole life. And it could be today. And I'd say, if it's not today, 
it'll be tomorrow. Yeah. And if it's not tomorrow, it'll be the next day. And if it's next week. Or, and I said, honey, if I die before revival comes, you can put on my tombstone. Get ready. It's coming. Yeah. Because I am so sure that there's a move of God that's going to transform this world. Yeah. I, and it's coming soon. And those are, those are signs that keep it up. Keep it up. It's coming. I wish you all, and I, I actually just pray it right now. There's such a tangible sense of the presence of God in this room right yeah. now, just talking about revival. And I just pray, yeah. Father, that everybody listening yes. to this podcast will experience that same encounter yes. right now. In Jesus' name, we ask you to just flood their atmosphere yes. with your presence and bring encounter to them right where they're listening to this in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. And it's so strong. And it, if you're if you're at a place in life where you feel like you're not important, that nobody cares, that you don't have a sense of vision or dreams, let God give you a new dream. He's all about dreams. He's all about vision. He's all about wanting to love on you and care for you and bring you to that new place for such a time as this. Esther was just like that. She was a young lady who came from probably a, a simple home raised by an older older cousin. She wasn't even raised by her parents. And all of a sudden, her life was about to change. When this destiny begins to unfold upon the earth, your life is about to change. So press in with God. Yeah. Because he's got a plan for such a time as this. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Oh my. It's coming. I can't believe that we're already out of time. I'm so sad. So you'll have to come back because I know there's more. But let's just encourage you to connect every first Friday of every month to our river services at the Boardman campus, uh, which is on Western Reserve Road in Boardman. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. It's River Services at Victory Christian Center. Like that page, you'll get all the updates and information about it. And mom, if they want to find you on Facebook, how do they find you? Um, Kath, <clears throat> excuse me, Kathy Thomas, K-A-T-H-I-E. And um, let me also say for ladies who are listening, we have the Esther Experience coming up on April 17th and 18th. You can go to victoryonechurch.com. And there's an application form you'll have to fill out, and there's limited space, so we encourage you to do it. We just got the applications up and running, so um, it will change your life. And it the deadline to sign up? April 1st. March, April 1st. April 1st, yeah. yes. So don't miss out on your opportunity for that. The presence of God is in that center from so front to back, so top good. to bottom, from the whole time. all denominations. Time. It doesn't matter where you go to church or if you go to church. This is for you. Oh, it will change your life forever. Yes. Forever. And then um, we're called Better Together. So uh, tell us who makes your life better because they're in it. Why don't you give them a shout out? I give a shout out to my husband. This is the most amazing person on the planet. Amen. Amen. So we are better together. So make a point this week to connect with someone. 
Call a girlfriend and catch up. Go grab a coffee with someone. Come hang out with us at Sisterhood or connect with the sisters at your local church wherever you go. So Sisterhood is Monday night at 7 and Tuesday mornings at 10. And if you don't have a church, find a healthy Bible-believing church in your area. Check it out. If you're in Warren, Boardman, Vienna, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, or Coitsville, we invite you to come hang out with us here at Victory Christian Center. You can check out our website, vcconechurch.com, to find out all of our locations. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you here next week. And don't forget, we We are are better together. together.